Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Story Matters with Nick Alamonos. Um, here at Story Matters, we talk about books and literature and fiction and anything pop culture related that connects to to those topics that I mentioned. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. This is actually my first official podcast using the Anchor platform, which is designed for podcasting. I'm still a little new to it, so if there's any bugs or glitches or anything, that's the reason. Uh, believe it or not, this is actually the second time I'm recording this podcast, because the first time I spoke for about 20 minutes and I lost everything. And I was very, very disappointed about that. So I'm giving it another go here. Uh, this podcast is about Neil Gaiman's Stardust. Now, if you don't know, Neil Gaiman is actually one of my favorite authors. I really like him because he's very creative, imaginative. Uh, you are not going to read a lot of cliched uh, fantasy from him, which I think is really great especially in this day and age when so much of the fantasy we get, I do feel, is uh, cliche and unimaginative. He actually came from a comic book background, and I was actually introduced to him through the series The Sandman, which I absolutely adored. It's a fantastic series, uh, probably in my top five best comics uh, ever. So if you want to read something phenomenal, I can't recommend The Sandman enough. It's really, really brilliant. Um, but I feel that when he went into the novel writing profession, I could tell that he sort of brought some of his um, comic book writing habits with him. So the his debut novel, American Gods, which has actually been turned into a TV show, um, I did like it, um, but I felt as if it was lacking in that Neil Gaiman did not fully take advantage of the, the novel medium. Um, and I think it's because he was used to writing comics. And when you are writing comics, it is very much a visual medium. So you don't really need to spend a lot of time thinking about how things look, how things are described, because you can sort of leave that up to the artist to do that. And while I won't say that Neil Gaiman doesn't actually spend a lot of time describing things, he, he does in American Gods, he actually overcorrects. He spends too much time uh, visualizing things that don't really need visualization. I distinctly remember uh, him describing a cockroach uh, climbing um, in a sink in a crappy hotel. If it's just a comic book panel, if the artist draws a roach in one corner, it really doesn't make a difference. Um, but when you're reading it, you sort of need to feel like if the roach isn't significant to the story, we really don't need to know about it. Um, the other thing that is, I think, fundamentally different about novels is that the, the fiction world, 
the non-visual storytelling medium uh, basically is comprised of two worlds. Uh, one of them is the outer world. It's the world um, that the character, the protagonist, can see and hear. It is everything that's going on around the character, everything the character experiences with his senses. The other world is the interior world, the world that exists within the mind of the character. And this is something that, over time, has become more and more uh, prevalent in, uh, in fiction. And I think it's because, unlike 50 years ago, there is an overabundance of uh, movies and TV shows. We have YouTube now. We have Netflix. We have, you know, you know movies on you know, Blu-ray and on demand. And so there's so much storytelling visually. And so I think books have needed to adapt and they've needed to provide us with a form of storytelling that uh, movies and TV shows can't provide and, and video games too. And that is the interior world. It is the world uh, of everything that the character is thinking about everything that the character's feeling. If you go back and you look at older literature like Lord of the Rings, uh, you really, Tolkien really doesn't tell us too much about what Frodo is thinking, what he is experiencing internally. Uh, those are things that you need to infer based on Frodo's dialogue and Frodo's actions. Okay, so what does this have to do with Stardust? I guess that's the question. Uh, so Stardust is a fairy tale fantasy adventure. There are not a lot of books out there like this uh, these days. I, I feel like there's so many authors are trying to imitate uh, The Lord of the Rings that we get a lot of what's called hard fantasy or low fantasy where everything needs to be explained and everything needs to be, um, you know, there's a, a ton of emphasis on, on world building and we need to know the history and the geography of every character and everything we see in that setting. And that's something that Stardust doesn't do, even bother exploring. Uh, Stardust is really harkens back to the Grimm's fairy tales. Uh, Stardust uh, is about a man named Tristran, uh, a young, a young man who lives in a small English town called Wall, and he is in love with this uh, girl named uh, Victoria Forrester. And Victoria really isn't interested in him. And at uh, one one night when he's trying to woo her. Uh, they see a shooting star and he says to her, you know, what can I do to win your affections? And she says, if you can bring me that star, I will marry you. And so he, you know, gets all excited. He goes, I'm going to go bring you that star. So he goes off to find the shooting star. But in order to do this, he has to pass a stone gate, a very ancient stone gate that leads into a little glade. 
and there is a single archway that allows you to pass into this glade, and this archway is always guarded by two people who, uh, who are recruited from the town of Wall. And the reason they're guarding this gate is because this gate leads into the world of fairy. And again, this is a very high fantasy world. So uh, this is a world where you have unicorns and witches and, and all kinds of magic going on and things that don't fully make sense. And it, it's really tongue-in-cheek in how much, you know, none of this is supposed to make sense. To the point where the star that fell is actually a girl. It's the stars in this world are literally women. Now, how any of this makes sense, the book doesn't explain. And I was fine with that. I actually felt that that was part of the charm of the story in that they're not explaining this at all. Um, and even Tristran, when he discovers that the star is a girl, he doesn't question it. He doesn't say, what, your stars are, are women? How does that make sense? Um, he just accepts it, takes it in stride. But I just felt like he could have explored these ideas a little more. Um, I feel like we don't know that much about Tristran. Uh, we don't know that much about the star. Uh, Three-fourths of the book uh, pass before we really get to know anything about her, about who she is, about what she's feeling, or what she's thinking. Uh, she's mostly treated like an object, but she finally sort of becomes a character toward the end. Um, in fact, through most of the book, she isn't even given a name. She's just called the star until eventually we find out her name is Yvain. There is a magical candle that allows Tristan to teleport uh, around the world of fairy. And at some point, he needs to escape uh, this dangerous situation. So he grabs Yvain, he uses the candle, and suddenly they're standing in a cloud. Now, you know, in this world, clouds are like islands, so you can stand on them without falling. But the problem is they have no way to get down. And so they're kind of waiting around, wondering what to do. And suddenly this pirate ship shows up. It's a flying pirate ship. And they get on board the ship. And we're very briefly introducing these pirates for about half of a chapter. And that's it. And I wanted to know more about these pirates. I wanted to know who these pirates are, why did they rescue Tristan, what were they doing up there. Uh, we, we, we almost get the Cliff's Notes uh, description of who these people are. I'm not quite sure what the intended audience is for this book. Um, it definitely reads more... Um, for children, something that I think uh, younger readers would enjoy. But there is actually a sex scene very early on in the book. It's in chapter one, there's a sex scene. It's not overly graphic. It's not like triple X or anything. I would say it's a, it's a rated R sex scene. It, it, it implies mostly what's going on. But it definitely made me feel like the book isn't for kids. So it kind of makes you wonder what was the intended audience. I'm thinking maybe this would be for older teens or young adults, maybe. 
Um, maybe that's why I think the book didn't quite find its audience. Um, this isn't a terribly popular book, although it was turned into a movie. The movie follows the, the book pretty closely, but it does expand upon the pirates uh, quite a bit. Um, I think it's because they got some famous actors. They got uh, Robert De Niro uh, to be the captain. So I think they didn't want to waste him. So I think they decided to, they added a subplot where the captain turns out to be a cross-dresser and that's nowhere in the book. The movie ends with a dramatic um, sort of uh, special effects action set piece, uh, which was really, really cool. I, I enjoyed it, but none of that is in the book. Uh, that doesn't really take anything away from the story. I think it ends really well. Um, it, it has more of a, of a romantic ending, which I thought was very touching. It was very emotional. It had an emotional climax. Neil Gaiman's ideas are original. They're inventive. They're clever. Um, that is always his uh, strength. But I feel that in the case of this book, um, a lot of these really wonderful ideas just lacked development. And I think that it could have been so much better if uh, he had developed these ideas. I think we could have um, ended up with a masterpiece of a, of a story. We, we don't uh, go into their minds and spend too much time exploring their feelings um, so that we really get to uh, identify, relate to them a little better like we could have. And so for that reason, um, I'm going to give Stardust uh, three out of four stars. So that's it for my review of Stardust. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I hope you subscribe to it and to my blog. And if you like to read fantasy and with a with a fairy tale uh, spin on it, I highly recommend checking out my book series, the Anya series, especially. Uh, if you like Stardust, then I think you'll really love uh, The Princess of Anya. So please check that out and check back with me for more uh, book reviews and book discussion with Nick Alamonos. Thank you.